Sparkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians, hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to help make your jobs work. Welcome, listeners, to another podcast show of Sparkin' Conversation, a presentation of the Electrical Association. I'm Mike Miller, your host, and I'm pleased to announce today that our guest is Mr. Jeff Kunkel, Master Electrician and President of Kunkel Electric Incorporated of Mapleton, Minnesota. His business specializes in wiring for residential, commercial, agricultural settings, and Jeff's company does street light, roadway lighting, as well as athletic field lighting. Jeff serves as a newly elected president of the Electrical Association, and if that's not enough to keep him busy, he's also our fourth-year apprentice instructor and has been one of the instructors for the association for 22 years. Welcome to our podcast, Jeff, and congratulations on your recent election as our president. I thank you for taking some time today to join us. Please share with our listeners today, if you would, a little bit about yourself, your experiences, your accomplishments, and even our, your goals. All right. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I've been listening to the other podcasts in the series, and I am enjoying them so far. So a uh, little bit about myself. I would be probably in trouble if I didn't start off by saying that I am married to my wife, Vicki, for 24 years, and we have six kids at home. Our oldest daughter is graduating very shortly about three weeks from South Dakota School of Mines, and she'll graduate with a degree in civil engineering. She has a job lined up in Denver, Colorado. So we're pretty happy about that. My oldest son, Anthony, is in his second year as an apprentice. He's working for Kunkel Electric, and he's currently enrolled in the Electrical Association's apprenticeship training program, and he is enjoying it. Uh, we also have a freshman at UND studying business, and our other three kids are in high school. Next year, we'll have a senior, a freshman, and a sixth grader. I also serve on the Maple River Board of Education. So as far as some of my experiences, I would say that I've been exposed to the electrical industry for my entire life. Kunkel Electric, you know probably by the name, is a family-owned business. And I'm the third generation operator. My grandparents started the company in 1958. When I was about six years old, no, when I was exactly six years old, I remember the birthday party. I got a tool belt for my birthday, complete with real Klein tools. So I was uh, following my dad around on job sites very soon after that. My first job that I can remember on the job sites was putting the face plates on receptacles and switches. So that's one thing we might talk about today, that that practice seems to have maybe gone by the wayside, or maybe it's a little tougher to get kids exposed to the construction industry these days. And a lot of that is because of uh, some rules that are put on us about kids working on job sites. And, and I do know it's safety related, but I do also know that the association is working towards an understanding with the Department of Labor and Industry that we need to get some of our kids exposed to the construction trades. And the best way to do that is to actually get them on a job site. So anyway, that, that part came easy for me. As far as my apprenticeship, 
I am an electrician uh, as well as being the, the owner and manager of our company. And my apprenticeship, I would say, was maybe a little bit non-traditional. And I think it puts me in a, if not unique, an interesting place to, to talk about apprenticeship versus college education. I, uh, after I got out of high school, I studied electrical engineering at uh, Mankato State University. And while I was there, I took a little bit of a non-traditional route where I, I booked all of my classes in the morning and then I worked in the afternoon for the company. So uh, I was doing an apprenticeship simultaneously to studying the engineering program. And the way that came out was I spent, I spent my time at, at Mankato State, but I did not get a degree. I had my hours to test for the journeyman's exam quite a bit before I was even close to getting a degree. So I got my journeyman's card or license and began to work pretty much full time after that. But in that time, I guess I saw a lot of things that were going on at the college level. I took courses in psychology, bowling, music history, music appreciation, right? You're giggling a little bit, but all things having to do with electrical engineering, right? Absolutely. So, right. <laughs> so that's kind of, uh, th that's, that's part of having a liberal education. I understand that, but it kind of gets to the point of where an apprenticeship is different than a college education in that an apprenticeship, you pretty much study what you need to know. And in that way, it's, it's a bit more efficient. Uh, so the path that I took through the college and apprenticeship, it, it allowed me to get out of my education phase, if you want to call it that, with no debt, no debt. I never had to take a college loan because I was able to pay for my tuition and books with the money I was earning uh, as an apprentice electrician. And we'll talk about that a little bit later about some of the advantages of apprenticeship as far as the cost goes and your earning potential while you are learning. I became an instructor with the, at the time, Minnesota Electrical Association. I, I became an instructor in the apprentice program. That was around 2002. And I started out as a helper in a classroom setting. The classroom courses were led by Everett DeKramer. And he needed help because at that time, that class had grown quite large. We had about 50 in a training room at Border States Electric in Mankato. We even had to use uh, their lunchroom to set some students in because we didn't have room in the training room. Over the next few years, that apprenticeship program changed a bit, and the association made the decision to move it to an online format. And eventually I came back as an online instructor, and I currently still do that with our fourth-year apprentices. And I also do continuing education instruction, both online and in-person. So you asked also about my accomplishments and goals. So I guess I'd say that my, I'm pretty proud of my family. That's my greatest accomplishment. Uh, I'm also proud that I have owned and managed Kunkley Electric since 2016. And it's not run into the ground yet. From, from what I hear, third-generation owners sometimes struggle. And I do struggle, but we've kept the wheels on so far. I'm also proud to be part of the Electrical Association, and I'm proud of what the Electrical Association does for the industry as far as education goes and as far as just general promotion of the electrical industry. My goals? A well-funded retirement. That's my goal keeping my kids on the right track until they're established, and then they can keep me on the right track. 
hopefully it works that way. <laughs> I would also like to continue doing training for the Electrical Association as long as they'll have me and uh, keep uh, associating with the Electrical Association to help in what they do, promoting the electrical industry, etc. Jeff, that, that's fabulous. Quite a story there. Not, not a story, the truth, but very interesting. So, so moving on, Jeff, as a master electrician and electrical contractor, how do apprentice electrician, electricians fit into your business? Well, in my business, in my shop, apprenticed electricians, they're electricians. They're, they're just in their training phase. So what we expect out of our apprenticed electricians is that they're going to produce and they work alongside of a journey person who helps to train them. As a trainer of apprentices for quite a few years, I will tell you that I, I hear a lot from apprentices and they feel sometimes that they do the grunt work around the shop, right? They dig the holes, they pound the ground rods. And hey, some of that's true. It is. <laughs> some of that is true. That's the way it works. Uh, but some of that is just a learning curve. They, they learn that being an electrician is work. For most of us, it's not all writing on a piece of paper and it just magically happens. We got to go out there and we do the physical labor to make it happen. And what I tell them is I say, hey, if, if what we did was easy, somebody else would be doing it for a lot less money, right? Uh, another complaint I probably shouldn't be talking about complaints. I should be talking about the benefits of being a, an apprentice. But this is just what, what I hear. And uh, I know that some apprentices say that the journey person who they work with doesn't always take time to teach them. But what I always tell people who bring that uh, concern to me is I tell them that teaching isn't always a one-way street. You, you can be taught by observing what that person is doing. And I, I think that's pretty important. You got to remember that as a journeyman electrician through your training, which is what you're going through right now as an apprentice, there's no training to teach you how to teach the next generation. So you got to be sympathetic to that. And, and I say, hang in there and be observant and you will learn. It's, it's a four-year process. Okay. Electrical contractors occasionally voice concerns about how difficult it is to keep good people. Uh, because you offer an apprenticeship to employees as well as a great wage, do you find that a problem, keeping good people? Um, I think paying a good wage and offering training is incredibly positive, and it's, it's very beneficial to keeping uh, employees around. People choose where they're going to work for a, a variety of reasons. Uh, the culture of the company, the company's public image, but right up at the top of the list is the almighty dollar. So employees need to feel comfortable in a company if they're going to stay. They need to understand what's expected of them, and they have to feel that those expectations are reasonable. But another big reason an employee might stay would be they see a future in your company. And I think by investing in my employees through good wages and also through paying for their training, I think they can see that that I see a future with them in my company, so I hope that they see it too. Great. Well, Jeff, have you heard any statistics as to the dollar and cents value of an apprenticeship program? No. No. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I could quick. speak to it a little bit or I'll attempt to. I looked up some statistics and I looked at salary.com and they say that the, the average electrician wage in Minnesota is around $70,000. 
Now, of course, that depends where you live and exactly what type of work you're doing. But they also say that the average apprentice electrician can expect to earn $45,000. And you can tell that the difference between those two is about $25,000. So dollars and cents to the electrician, uh, you can expect a $25,000 raise or something along that lines by completing your apprenticeship and getting your journeyman's card. Now, there's also a benefit to the employer. We should see a dollar and cent value in having our employees trained. Uh, and that's because a trained employee will be able to produce more. At least that's what I believe. Also, a well-trained employee who produces will stick around and hopefully train my next generation of, uh, of electrical workers. Uh, but the biggest value that, that I see in, in apprenticeship, if you want to put a dollar value on it, is what I alluded to earlier, and that's the earn while you learn component of apprenticeship. And I think too many people overlook this, uh, especially our high school counselors and teachers that, that tend to push kids towards four-year degree programs with the very good idea that it's going to allow them to earn more over their life. Now, I said that's a great idea. I don't believe it's necessarily true, though. But yeah, as an apprentice, expect to be earning while you're learning on the job site. Just as an, as an example, my daughter, who's just finishing up her four-year degree, she spent on tuition and books approximately $80,000. It was a $20,000 a year school. Some of the other schools she looked at were around $40,000 per year to get, a, to get an engineering degree. Uh, her workload was such that she was able to work very little. She maybe could have paid the interest on her student loan, but she used it for fun money, <laughs> which is okay. But uh, so when you're coming out of a four-year degree and you have an $80,000 and a lot of people are higher than that debt, you've got a, a ways to go before you get that paid back and actually start earning your full potential where an apprentice could probably expect to be able to pay, if they're paying their own training costs, they could probably pay those off as they go. Not in every case, but you're definitely going to have a lower loan at the end of that if you do have to borrow some money. So that's a huge difference. And you can get out of the apprenticeship program and go right to work. And if you don't have loans, that money is free and clear. And one of the pushes with the four-year degrees, again, is that your future potential is so high. And I believe that. But your potential, your earning potential is very high as an apprentice electrician as well. And I believe that those two paths have equal earning potentials. I don't think there's a great advantage to having a four-year degree. Absolutely. You know, when you say that, you think of the fact that also you will have job security that is superior to the average college graduate unless they have a very coveted trade they're studying. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Electrical work has traditionally been a very solid and it's a needed it's a needed skill. Absolutely. Well, moving on to our next question, I'd like to run by you quick. And an apprentice must dedicate a significant amount of time and a personal time to completing his studies in a program over a four-year period, as well as attend weekly class. Have you found this to be a difficult situation for students to adapt to the demands of the, this form of education? And what advice can you share with our listeners today entering an apprenticeship with an employer? What are they up against? Well, of course, that can vary with the student. Uh, in our particular program, we meet three hours a week, and that's a live online session, and we do that for 24 weeks. 
Outside of that three-hour lecture, we expect that the student will spend at least another three hours in personal study, reading the materials, doing homework and practicing, and then taking a quiz to prove that they learned something. So, like I said, it depends on the student. Some of them will adapt to that very well, and some of them will be able to complete that work in less than three hours. Some it'll take a little bit more. But it's not meant, again, to be easy. It's meant to provide good training for, for these uh, apprenticed electricians. Uh, we also strongly encourage that our apprentice electricians in our courses seek out someone or, or a variety of people at work where they work, the journey people that they work with, and ask them questions about what we're studying or just questions in general. And that also will add to the, the education that they're getting. Uh, I think that if the student finds that the education is important and valuable to them, they'll find the time to dedicate to it. And it's really not a huge time commitment, what, what I've just laid out there. So, And again, hopefully they have the vision that, that what they're doing now, the work that they're doing now, even if it doesn't seem important, if it seems like they're studying something that they'll never use in the future, right? That they have the vision that they that they will find a use for that and for most of what we study down the road. True enough. The Electrical Association's apprenticeship program is recognized by the United States Department of Labor as meeting the criteria associated with the high standards of education, both in content and execution. What information can you share with our listeners relating to this accomplishment? Well, I'm proud and happy that the Electrical Association's apprenticeship program is a registered apprenticeship program with the Department of Labor and Industry. I think that's a fantastic accomplishment. The main benefit of that is that it gives an employer who is employing these apprenticed electricians an opportunity to be competitive on Davis-Bacon, that's prevailing wage type work. It allows any students who are enrolled in that particular program, and I should say it goes above and beyond just a little bit beyond our standard apprenticeship program. There's, there's a couple additional steps that are necessary that the employer and the employee have to take, but it will allow uh, those employers to, like I said, be more competitive on those jobs. Specifically, if your apprenticed workers are not enrolled in, a, in this program or a similar program, and really, there is no similar program, to be honest. So if they're not enrolled in our program, we pay those employees full electrician wages on prevailing wage jobs, where those who are enrolled in our program, the employer is allowed to pay them a scaled back version of those wages, 40% of the wage for a first year apprentice, and then it moves up as they, as they go through the program. So it's a huge benefit to an employer. And it's an incentive for the employer to consider the Electrical Association to actually get his people trained and get under the, the mark of the full-scale journey worker as opposed to an apprentice labor worker. Of course, yes. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. A lot to think about there. But here's another one I've I, I thought about in the past, Jeff, and that's recognizing that people change careers. It used to be that you're in a career, you stay there, and that's where you end up. But even people in midlife are doing it. Do you see a lot of that in, in, in Minnesota where people are saying, I'm tired of doing this. I want to be an electrician. Do you see where older people are jumping into the trade? Well, I, I can really only speak to my personal experience there. And I have had over the last few years, 
I've had a handful, maybe three, four people come to me who are, and I'm going to say older. I, I didn't tell you my age, but I'm 50 years old. So that's right, right in the middle, right? That's about average 50. Yeah, that's pretty close. Between zero and 100. I, I have had people my age and older come to me and say, hey, are you hiring? Which really surprised me because it does seem, and, and what I mean is people who are not currently in the electrical field. Right. They come to me and say, are you hiring? And I'm, I'm always surprised by that. But I, so I think there is definitely a trend towards that trying different things later in life. I commend them and I, 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 uh, maybe I envy a little bit the nerve to change careers, you know, later in life. And, but so yeah, I think it is a trend that's, that we're seeing. Well, now that we're on trends, Jeff, I got another neat question just to run by. And that's, as we see gender equality really entering job place, politics, you name it, it's there. Do you see a, a trend where the male-dominated market of electricians is kind of changing more to a more balanced gender-related market? I do not. You do not? I do not. Uh, if there is a trend, it, it's, it's not in my area. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying that I think that's good or bad. The deal is I, I, I think an electrical worker who's a good electrical worker is a good electrical worker. Would I like to see more females in the trades? Yes, I actually would, but mainly because I would like to see more people in the trades. So we have a bigger pool of employees. What we all want as employers is we want good quality workers. I, I don't think any external marker on a person, like their gender or, or, or their skin color, should play into your decision whether to hire a person or not. But with that being said, no, unfortunately, I don't see many, many females in the trades, but I wish, I wish we could figure out a way to attract them here. Well, I, I tell you, just my own personal observation, I got a feeling it's coming. It's just a matter of time where it will be reasonably balanced, just because the the mom at home syndrome is still there, but once they get out and the children are out and about, why can't I be an electrician? That that would be my thinking, and I, I think it's common. I really do. Yeah, I, I hope I hope that we will see more of that. Yes. Well, let me ask you this: Once a student completes his four year apprenticeship, what's the next step in their career journey to a six being in a successful electrician? Well, the obvious step is uh, getting your journeyman's license. Right. So going in and getting that test passed. And by the way, if you need help passing that test, the Electrical Association does offer some training for you, some code prep. Uh, we have both a two day course, kind of a cram course, and then also a self paced course available online. That's really it. I, I would hope that a lot of people who apprenticed with a company did that with the idea that they're going to continue to work for that company. And, you know, right now it's very favorable. The market is very favorable to employees. Your employer wants to keep you around. If you uh, went through a four-year apprenticeship program with them and you got your journey workers license, you shouldn't have to look too hard for a job right now. I agree with that. Jeff, you mentioned in, that there's an online self-paced uh, exam prep class. This kind of leads me into my next question. You're probably aware of an, uh, that the Electrical Association has an optional fifth-year apprenticeship program. Let's tell our audience about that. Well, the fifth-year apprenticeship program is for those who just loved being an apprentice so much they stuck it around for another year. <laughs> 
actually, the, the fifth year program is fairly recent. It's a fairly recent addition to our offerings uh, in the Electrical Association training world. Uh, it had been talked about for quite a while about the need for it. And it's just, it's a pretty logical step. Not everybody is ready or has enough hours to test for their journeyman's license when they complete a four-year course. And there are also some people who just feel more comfortable and they think they need another year of training. And we have the perfect solution. We've got this fifth-year apprenticeship program. Currently, the offerings and the topics covered are motor controls, PLC programming, VFDs, solar photovoltaic, and then we have some exam prep built in there as well. Maybe you could tell us. I know that that's getting revamped well, a little bit. Is, is there I anything you, new? I can. As a matter of fact, we've been having numerous meetings discussing the the different concerns. Uh, photovoltaic has been always a hot topic as well as uh, PLC. But PLC, because uh, Frank, our instructor, has opted to take a little time off, we've kind of replaced that with some varied programs. And before we choose them all and make me make a mistake telling you about what they are, it's best to watch our website, what we'll be coming in our fifth year program. But it's varied quite a bit from the PLC is still there, the VFD is still there, or PLC is not there, VFD is there. Uh, we're going to be doing some troubleshooting courses as well, it's theory and things like that. I think that people that are in their fifth year would be really, because I know that the curriculum right now, it's difficult to spend too much time on actual in-depth troubleshooting. We're, we're developing a class like that, that we think is going to be pretty good. So, uh, Jeff, one more question real quick. Like, So, if I'm a contractor listening today, what would you suggest to them to get involved in this apprenticeship program? And how would they, what's the first steps they take to get rolling on them? Easy answer to this question. There, there's many ways you can get your apprentices enrolled in the uh, Electrical Association's training programs. You can go to the electricalassociation.com and go under the education tab and click where it says Apprentice Program, and you can get all the details you want to know about the program there. You can even enroll from our website. You can also call the Electrical Association office, and the telephone number is on the website. Sorry, I just got a phone number song stuck in my head. Call 1-800, but that's, that's, that's not our phone number. We don't have a song. Check the website to get the correct There you number. go. <laughs> Finally, uh, and this is maybe something you might be a little apprehensive about, but if you have any questions that still remain after you talk to the uh, to whoever answers the phone at the association or after you look at the website, feel free to reach out to one of the instructors or uh, just another electrical contractor who you maybe know had apprentices in that class or even someone who has gone through our training and find out. I think they'd probably be happy to tell you the benefits of, of an apprenticeship program and ours in particular. Well, as we draw close to another uh, podcast ending, I would like to thank our guest, Jeff Kunkel, who has been our visiting with us about the electrical apprenticeship program at the Electrical Association. Jeff is the president of Kunkel Electric Incorporated of Mapleton, Minnesota. Jeff, thanks so much for being available to share your thoughts. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Also, on behalf of the entire Electrical Association staff, I welcome you as our new president. Look forward to a very productive future. With your thoughts shared today, I'm thinking it's going to be. And uh, in closing, are there any closing remarks or reminders you'd like to leave with our listeners today? 
Uh, sure. And by the way, you're welcome for all of that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's my pleasure. Speaking to anyone who might be listening to this podcast who is currently an apprentice or is considering getting into an apprenticeship program, I would say that you chose a great field to get into and a great time to do it. I have a lot of pride in the electrical field and the people who work in the electrical field. And I'm going to be honest, I had to learn that growing up in the business, I took it for granted. And this is just what, what we did in my family. And I, my, so my pride in the industry has grown as I've met and worked with apprentices over the years. So your future is bright. You are needed and valuable. Oh my gosh, that sounds fluffy. And, but, but it is, it's a good feeling. And I, I'm happy for you that, that you chose or are considering uh, electrical work as a profession. Well, Jeff, thanks much for and have an enjoyable day. And that ends another podcast from the Electrical Association. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us and encourage you to check back for a podcast from any of your sources for more future Sparkin' Conversations. I'd also like to thank Travis Lennox, our sound engineer, and Katie Grams, our producers. I'm Mike Miller from the Electrical Association. Thanks for tuning in today and have a great week. Spark and Conversations is a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com. Hey.